Good morning. Whoa, good morning. Good. Let me hold it down here. Is that a little better? Okay, good. Good morning. Let's greet each other this morning with the greeting that Christians have been using for a very long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you so much. Um, let's pray together as we start our worship service this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us here this morning on this kind of dreary morning, but Lord, we're so thankful. We're thankful for the rain. We really are. We've needed it so bad, and, and you are pouring it out in abundance right now, and we really do thank you for it. We thank you for the blessings that we've seen this week, Lord, and the way your hand has worked in our lives and moved in our lives. I pray that you'll be with us in this service that you will guide and direct everything that has, is going to happen this morning um, and that you, your presence would be a sweet, sweet uh, aroma in this place for us, Lord. Again, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, and we, um, we, we just ask that you will be with us. Uh, there's really nothing else to say. And we pray these things, Lord, in your name. Amen. To read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. Paul says, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. From Psalm chapter 5 Lord, hear me as I pray. Pay attention to my groaning. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For I pray to no one but you. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. I invite you to pray with me, would you? Lord, we do come here today, some of us crying out in deep anguish. Lord, there are some of us here that have had great losses this week, and we know that you feel that pain with us and for us, Lord, and we thank you for being the God that will walk with us through those valleys and through the, those hard places. I thank you, Lord, for the comfort that you bring folks that are needing comfort today, for the, the, just the, the sweet peace that you bring us in the midst of some really chaotic circumstances. Father, I also thank you for being the God that has brought some of us great victories, or even small victories this morning, Lord. We have, we have walked this week and we have seen your hand and we are so grateful. Lord, I. I do trust your unfailing love. We trust your unfailing love. And because of that, Lord, we are able to be here this morning in your presence, in your house, together, worshiping you as a body, as a family, Lord, and we are so very thankful for that. I pray, Father, as you direct our paths this morning, that we would hear from you, that your voice would be um, very, very um, apparent for us. Be with Pastor Duane as he brings us your word this morning. May we hear it for the first time or like it's the first time, Lord. Speak to our hearts and speak to our minds that we may be challenged or we may be comforted 
or we may be just encouraged, Lord. Whatever it is that we need, you know, and I trust your Holy Spirit will speak to each and every one of us. Be with the remainder of this service as we worship you going forward. And for all these things, we're going to give you all the praise and honor and blessing. Amen and amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. Take a few moments, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. Well, I'm not going to take up the podium for announcements this morning. Um, Pastor Dwayne is actually going to be taking the podium, but until then, I have a few announcements I wanted to let you know about. Um, first of all, if you have a message you need to get to the church office, um, we have some green cards in the back. You can fill that out and drop it in the box back there, or you can go to livinghope.info connect and leave a message there, and the office will get it to uh, the pastoral staff, and, and we will connect with you in, in whatever way that you're needing. Um, also, if you're giving this morning, we have some envelopes in the back that can be filled out and dropped in, the, in that box, or you can go to livinghope.info slash give. So um, we're very glad to have you this morning, those of us here and online, and there's a couple of things coming up in the life of the church that I'd like to let you know about. One of those is coming up... Um, July 12th. That's not this Wednesday, is it? It's next Wednesday. Okay, okay good. Um, next Wednesday, July 12th, um, the missionaries, Vital and Marie Cole, are going to be here with us again. They were here last year, and we had some other churches join us. Those churches have been invited to come back on that Wednesday and hear from uh, Pastor Cole. And it was, ex it was really exciting to hear them last time, to hear him. He's a great speaker, very engaging, and has great stories. So I encourage you to be here on the 12th at 6 p.m., and that's instead of our regular Bible study group discussion, okay? July 15th, it's a Saturday from 9 to noon, out in our parking lot, we'll be giving away bicycles again. The, the Society of Oddfellows, did I say that right? I know it's Oddfellows. Um, but they, they come to our parking lot and they give away free bikes. If you have a bike you'd like to donate, they'll take that. Or if you have one that you just want it tuned up, maybe the brakes aren't quite working right or something, they'll, they'll look at that for you and get you all ready to go, get you all road ready so you don't crash somewhere while you're riding your bike. But that's from 9 to noon on July 15th. And one other announcement that's not in our, our handouts is two weeks from today, July 16th, is our breakfast between services. And so you guys have it easy. You can just stay. We have to make sure second service knows that they got to come early. So, um, so that's two weeks from today. The, the gentlemen who normally, Howard and Greg and a couple other guys are uh, going to be doing breakfast for us. And I, we appreciate it. I, I tell you, they've got some pretty decent biscuits and gravy. I don't complain when they have breakfast <laughs> at all. So... Um, Let's turn our attention now to Pastor, Pastor Duane as he brings us uh, the word that the Lord has given him this morning. Thank you. I've known Phil and Judy for, this is my 36th year. I barely moved into Portage in 1987, and there they were, newlyweds. So anyway, great to have Pastor Judy here and a uh, part of this church, along with Romero. Uh, we're, we're looking at creativity today. I know most of you probably say, I don't have a creative bone in my body, but let me just tell you something. This is July 4th weekend. People are gone. They're on vacation, and the roads are busy. The planes are trying to fly. <laughs> A lot of them don't make it. But um, anyway, it's interesting that 
so you go back to 1776, we had some of the most creative people that ever did anything. I mean, just think about it. They decided, we're not going to be a part of Britain anymore. We're going to be our own nation. And then they come up with something nobody's ever done before. They come up with a constitution and democracy and, and three forms of government. And, and we have three different levels, you know, with the executive and the legislative and the uh, judicial. And I mean, all these safeguards they put in. And it's it just amazing. They were really creative. And I thought, boy, of all the times we need to talk about creative, creativity, it's today because most of you are more creative than you think you are. And in fact, it's, it's creativity. Well, let's just look at uh, your notes there. Look at that first sentence. We are made in the image of our creative creator. Thus, every single one of us has creative potential. Every one of us. It's, it's intrinsically woven into the very fabric and framework of who God is. And it doesn't make the most, you know, most of us don't think of that as being an important character quality, but it really is. It's foundational to the life. If you're following Jesus, Jesus is going to have you doing creative things. And I know most of you have excuses to why you're not creative and kind of reminds me of a chicken on a rotisserie grill. You keep coming up with all these excuses why, well, I can't be creative and all that. And I was the same way. I thought I never had an original thought, you know. I mean, on the farm, how creative do you have to be? And then found out you've got to be pretty creative on the farm. Back in the 50s and 60s, you know, they didn't have all the stuff they have nowadays. So the old saying was, if you keep some bailing wire and a pair of pliers, you can fix about anything. <laughs> and we did. It was amazing how you learn to make do with what you have. But no, a lot of you said, well, I'm not creative, you know. I can't sing or dance or do video or TikTok. I'm just not creative. Well, that line of thinking is false. And when you and I say that, we're making a mockery of God's artistic genius. Because the Bible says we are all innovative individuals. So let's just get freed up right now. All but two of you can turn to your neighbor and say, I'm sitting beside the most innovative and creative person I have ever seen. Put that up on the screen, would you? I am sitting beside the most innovative, creative person I've ever seen. Turn to somebody and tell them that. <laughs> and, and you're probably thinking, you haven't seen many people, have you? But anyway, <laughs> we need to own that, download that, and begin thinking that way. I mean, we have thought that creative is reserved for, you know, human mutations or designers or divas or artists or that kind of people. And artistic people really are creative, much more than I am. But if you look at our lives, a giant paradigm shift takes place that's really pretty scary. All of us are born creative geniuses. And somewhere along life's path, that paradigm shift begins to take place. We've moved from being artistic to being analytical, or we go move from using laughter. That's why I love being around kids, laughter. We move from laughter to logic. We move from using our imaginations to using our memorizations. Maybe that's much nowadays, but that's what we were taught in school. Most of us doing life in a rut, in a routine, same old ritualistic routine. And we say, that's just the way it is. I just live my life that way. I'm in the prison cell of predictability. I just splash around in the shallows of sameness with my little floaties on. I had a family reunion this week where our 52nd time of doing it at the Schmidt family. And, and, you know, little kids, they put their little floaties on their arms and stuff. Me, I had a big life vest. 
I don't trust myself anymore to make it back to shore. <laughs> and yet God says, I want you to ride on the crest of creativity. I want you to be on the cutting edge of exciting life. I want you to go for it in your marriage and go for it in your career and go for it with your family and go for it with your friends. And, and I want you to mimic my character, which is creativity. So we don't have to look very far to run into creativity in the Bible. I want you to look at number one in your notes there. Right in there, if you got a pencil, if not, there's some on the tables there. But the Father invented it. Our Heavenly Father invented creativity. I mean, all you have to do is go five words into the Bible, and it says, in the beginning, God created. Just that quick. Five words. Oh, yeah. And I had you fill in we for a reason. Remember the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? That's something, isn't it? We need to have that team thing going on. We have creative trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Creative. I mean, the Father invented creativity. He thought it up. He kick-started it. God knew and knows that we, what we are just now discovering, most of us yearn to be communicative in a creative way, and nowadays we have more ways than we used to be able to do it. But I like the way that Pastor Rich has taken us through these first few books of the Bible. You know, Genesis, Exodus, forget his numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. It's amazing to me how God is creative. You'll see, like, God using a piece of fruit just to communicate with Adam and Eve. He uses hair to communicate to Samson. And then, remember the boat he used to communicate to Noah? Noah, I'm going to wreck this whole thing unless you jump off, and then I'll create a fish for it. You see him losing his thing. I mean, God is so creative, using a slingshot to put down a giant. Ultimately, you see God using a cross to communicate something to the world. See, God uses visuals. He's using things that we can connect with. The Father invented creativity. Now let's get to number two, and that is the Son. Modeled it. He models creativity. I mean, think about it. He, he would preach from beaches as well as from boats. One time, he stopped a riot by riding in the sand. Most people think it was, you know, they wanted to, they wanted to, stoned this lady to death, and most people think he was probably writing the sins of those that wanted to throw the first stone in the sand. Next thing you know, they're backing off. Picked up a little seed one time. If you just have faith the size of this little mustard seed. One time he pointed to a building called the temple. One time he picked up a coin. One time the disciples were trying to shoo the kids away from Jesus because they loved being around people. Jesus said, let you know, he must have been a man that smiled and had laughter. And Jesus said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at this child. If only you had as much faith as this child has in his father. They're walking along one day, and he sees a guy sowing seed, and he uses that for an illustration. One of his greatest times is when he used, as an illustration, he, used, he turned H2O, which is water, into wine. Always creating, Jesus was. Modeling cre creativity. We get to the book of Matthew there in your notes, and it said that Jesus used stories when he spoke to people. In fact, he did not tell them anything without a story. Guess who told him this? The guy that used to be in the bookkeeper. Matthew, the tax collector. And that got his attention. Stories did. 
He used examples, illustrations, wood pictures that were contemporary to their culture. You know, this church is doing the same thing. I'm really thrilled with Sam and some of the others that are doing these creative things around here that are really helping people. You know, people say, well, you know, yeah, I remember back when our organ died in our church in Portage, and so we started using the guitars and the keyboards and some other stuff. They were kind of upset with me, to put it mildly. And I said, listen, we're telling the same story. We haven't changed the theology at all. We're just changing the method, the methodology of getting the message across by using guitars and other things that are going to relate to younger people. It happens. By the way, that should be a part of your character. That gives us to number three. The Father invented creativity, the Son modeled it, the Holy Spirit empowers it. Remember that in this, remember what, well, I've been talking about character the last few times I've spoken, and let me just remind you what character is. Character is an outward reflection of an inward connection. What are you doing reflects what's on the inside. The words you use reflects what's on the inside. And once I opened my life to Jesus, the, creative, the king of creativity in my life, I invite him to come into my life, forgive me of my sins and help me, and guide me and direct me. As I remember to ask him for wisdom and direction. That's when I began reaching my creative potential, I found out. You see, in your notes it says the Lord's Spirit. What's the Lord's Spirit do? Put us in bondage? No. Put limitations on you? No. Put you in a prison cell of predictability? Of course not. The Lord's Spirit sets us free. If you want to be free to be creative, listen to God. Listen to His Spirit. Spend some time with Him. I've had people ask me over and over again, how can I be more creative? I've asked that. Maybe right now you're wondering about it. Question, when it comes down to it, you've got to ask yourself the right question. That is this, God, what's keeping me from being creative? What's keeping me from riding on the crest of creativity? I've got you in my life. What is stopping me? That's the right question. And it got me out of the prison cell of predictability that actually education had put me into in the old days where we had to learn to memorize stuff, and then I'd forget it as soon as I walked out the door. See, most of us don't understand creativity is stamped on our spirit and soul by God himself. And also, most of us don't understand we'll never reach our creative potential until we sync up with what Jesus is trying to do with us. Then you'll reach your creative potential. So we have a lack of understanding, but it goes deeper than that. For years, I spent time reading and learning about creativity as God was teaching me. I've wondered, wondered this, why it is so difficult to think in a creative way? Why is that? Why is that so difficult to think in a creative way? Now, for some of you that notice I missed number four, don't worry, I'll get to it at the end, okay? I just got to keep you guessing what it is. Why is it difficult to be creative in your marriage? Or with your family? Or with your career? Why is it so difficult to have a creative church that can come up with new things? Because some churches, I'm telling you, I don't care what they are or what name they put on the door, I can almost give you the order of service right now all the time of what they're going to be doing when. Why is it difficult to do that? And it finally hit me one time, and that is this. 
It's so difficult to think in a creative way because creativity is a cosmic conflict. A cosmic conflict. Once you understand that, you'll begin to understand it. You see, every time God creates, what does Satan do? He can't contradicts it. He counterfeits it. Satan counterfeits. Every time God creates, Satan counterfeits. God wants you to have a creative marriage. He wants your marriage to reflect that Christ-like relationship to the church because the Bible says the husband is like Jesus, is like Jesus and the wife is like the church. Husbands are to love their wives in a self-sacrificial way, just the way, same way that Jesus did the church. But the devil doesn't want that to happen because the devil takes, creati it takes creativity to do that, and he doesn't want you to be creative. He doesn't want your marriage to succeed. So he's going to bust it so we have a routine marriage, same old, same old marriage, which when you do that, it becomes a boring marriage. And Satan does not want your family to soar, so he comes after the family. Because the family is the building block of our culture. <clears throat> I know most of you watch the Super Bowl. And I know why you watch the Super Bowl, or why we used to watch the Super Bowl anyway. <laughs> and that was because uh, several hundred million people watched this silly football game that's just simply an oblong ball that 22 muscular guys are trying to move across these little dotted white lines. And, but the NFL became very creative. By doing that and having a playoff game, they knew more people would watch it and since they think they make more money because people want to advertise on it, but the advertisers realize we can't put people to sleep because usually at a football game during advertisements is when you go to the bathroom or the kitchen or the candy or, you know, and they wanted to keep your attention. So they spend millions of dollars on advertisements. They use creativity. Try to get you, I mean, still they're talking about the same stuff, you know? I mean, in the old days, it was toothpaste, and then along came the alcohol, and then along came the computers and the cars and the pickups, but they know you're not going to just mention a car and a pickup, so what do they use? Sex or something to get your attention. They use God, and, and, and Madison Avenue does that a lot. They use a God-given, beautiful thing, but they use it in a counterfeit way. They don't have anything to say, because really, what are they selling? Well, computers or beer or automobiles, but they don't have anything to say. To, so what do they do? They use something out of context, like sex or something, to get your attention. So look at the church. We have everything to say, but so many churches do it so boringly. No one wants to listen to the good news. That's true in your career. That's true in your church. Devil doesn't want you to be creative. Satan contradicts. And every time God creates, Satan has a counterfeit. It's everywhere. Creativity is a battle. More than just a battle, the third thing in your notes, why is it so difficult, is because it is a spiritual battle. That's one reason I'm so glad Pastor Rich, I mean, when I've heard he was going through the Bible again, Genesis, Exodus, and Vigorous Numbers, and then he comes up with this neat little, you know, I don't, look at the paper thing that much, but I really like those things that he plays at the beginning of every book that he gets from someplace, and I missed it. Like last time, he didn't, he didn't play it because, oh, that's 12 minutes long. That's too long. So I went online to look at it. Man, it made numbers come alive. I thought numbers was a boring book in the Bible, and then begin to realize why it all goes on because of that thing that we have on the Internet that he usually shows up here on our screen. Amazing to me. When you think about creativity, man, I tell you, 
When it's done on all cylinders, it's like with a team. I was taught this, not only by the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being creative, but, but I tell you, it, it taught me something because as I was studying Moses one time, it hit me. Moses is trying to do it all by himself. And Jethro, his father-in-law, said, Moses, the wheels are coming off, man. You better start learning how to delegate and get a team to help you do all this stuff. Why do you think Jesus picked 12 disciples? He needed that team to help him. If it was going to be something that was long-lasting, team, that's where creativity is happening. So we had this teenager come to our church that some other church had kicked out and his family decided let's try this church it hurts about somebody invited him to come to our church and sure enough by then he was 15 and somebody caught him in the balcony creating with uh, messing with the computer that was doing the powerpoint and stuff and I had hired a guy because I'd always heard if you hire somebody just like you your church isn't going anywhere but you hire somebody the opposite and so we did a Taylor and Johnson temperamental analysis test and found out this guy's just the opposite for me. He was attending our church and, and he came to see me, tell me, see me one day and he said, okay, Dwayne, he said, you're doing some things wrong. I said, I know, I'm looking for somebody to help me. He said, well, God told me to help you. I said, well, we can't afford it right now. We're putting on a second story and we're doing this and that. And he said, that's okay. God told me I'm supposed to work three weeks for nothing, three months free. Now, folks, this was a guy that was in charge of Moody Bible Institute and in charge of their, back in the old days, all the videotaping stuff and the, all that, and making sure it was good, and they were sending it all over the place. And He wants to come to my church and work for free. He said, with my skills, I can get a job anywhere if that doesn't work out, but I just know God wants me to come work for you. I said, great. Within two months, the church board said, Okay, Dwayne, we got to find a way to hire this guy. You want to take a pay cut or what are we going to do here? <laughs> I said, I'd be glad to take a pay cut to get him online. And, and, and it was just amazing. I didn't have to. We found money somewhere else. We decided not to do some other stuff. And he's online, and he gets a hold of this 15-year-old boy that I was ready to kick out of church. He puts him in charge. He said, you know, you know so much about computers, I'm going to put you in charge. Next thing you know, we had a website, and then we had this and that and the other stuff. Didn't pay him a dime. But his name was Trevor. Trevor understood if I'm going to get, I can't remember his name, let's say it's Dave. If I'm going to get Dave to do something, I need to put him in charge and then I can control what he does. Next thing you know, that kid came alive with creativity. I said, who else do you know is creative? And he said, oh man, you ought to get a hold of, of this other man. He's two years older than me, this other kid. I met with them every week. I told them the sermon I'm doing. How can I do this? And they taught me how to be creative. That's how I learned to use a team, a team of people. And it grew to, until finally there was about 12 of us we met every week. And they'd come up with more ideas how to make my boring sermon exciting. <laughs> it was just amazing to me. It was really, so then I started giving it to them a month ahead of time. I said, this is kind of the direction I think God wants me to go. What would you suggest doing? And it was amazing. <clears throat> they changed the music team. We had an arts team, and then after a while, the video team, and then after a while, we had an usher team, and, 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 and uh, we had, then they figured out how to do lights so they could control. Somebody died and wanted to do something in memory. I said, well, I'm told we need a lighting board, and they paid for a lighting board. Next thing you know, we had a technical team. One day, it's raining, and this teenager comes up to me, and he says, Dwayne, you need an umbrella team. I said, we sure do, don't we? 
I said, what's your name? He told me, he said, can I put you in charge of that, find you about five? I said, next week I'll have eight big golf umbrellas here and you be in charge in case it ever rains again on a Sunday. Man, he had those kids there. Not only did he do that, they began to realize that we had people that were having a hard time walking and when you have a church running about a thousand, some people had to walk quite a ways. Next thing I know, they had this team, I forget what they called them, but people that hop in your car and park it and come back and tell you where it was and give you the keys. And You know what was neat about that? They began to learn other people's names. I mean, I better learn. The kid just took my car. Well, he wasn't a kid. We had, he had to be college age anymore to do that. He had a driver's license. But, yeah, he took my car. And he said, hey, my name's so-and-so. Where can I find you in the sanctuary? Oh, I usually sit on the left side about halfway back. Okay. I mean, we had teams. You see... When I had a membership class, you couldn't become a member of the church unless you also got on a team and had a job to do. That was real important. <laughs> we, didn't, we, we, were, we didn't have big walls. We had windows in our church. And then when you try to use PowerPoint, I was the first church in, in Portage because of this kid to use PowerPoint and, uh, and videos and stuff. But you couldn't see the screen because we had a projector with a screen and you couldn't see it good because it was too light. So we put shades, big, these black shades, and I thought, now if we had a lot of money, we could get an electric motor and put on all those and time it to a computer, and they just shut down automatically. But instead, we're not going to do that. We're going to get cheap shades, and we're going to give people a job. This is yours, this is yours, this is yours. And at a certain time, they'd open with music, and they all knew when, they, when the music started, they'd look at their watch, and 10 seconds later, they'd pull the shade. And if they weren't there, they had to get there within 10 seconds, and they'd all come down at the same time. I tell you what, that was a great team. Most of them were teenage girls, and they really did a great job. Uh, suddenly, the sanctuary completely changed, got dark, and then they, turned, then they put in colored lights. They had people climbing ladders, doing all kinds of stuff for teams. And it was amazing. They, they, you know, some people would push back, and they said, oh, man. I'd say, well, this is innovation. We're a creative church. Well, yeah, but we never thought of doing things like Sam's doing and like Mitch is doing with the homeless and trying to get and, and addicted and all that kind of thing. But see, this church is doing it in a different way now. It's a different time. But the church should be the most creative entity in the universe because we're worshiping and serving a creative creator. And if the church is boring, don't blame God. God's exciting. Maybe just us leaders who are communicating this stuff in a boring way. So I always say, you know, when you go to church, you should be uncomfortable. That's what my music guy thought. Very creative, artistic guy. Like Scott. He said, Dwayne, you know, we're doing this wrong. Next Sunday, we're going to sing one song and then you're going to preach. Then we're going to say three songs at the end. Oh, you'd have thought I just upset the apple cart when that happened. I had people complaining. Oh, man, I got to church late and you're halfway through your sermon. Well, then don't get to church late. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. I never, in fact, I, it was so interesting. I said, listen, I tell the music team what I'm preaching on and the subject and all this. And then I said, I don't want to know what you're doing because when I get there, I want to be excited. And, and I want my eyes like, oh, man, that's pretty good. Sometimes I kind of wish they would have let me know earlier because I thought, hey, they were known they were going to do that. But at least we didn't drop anybody down from the ceiling or anything. But it was pretty creative. And somebody said, well, you're just being entertaining. No, not really. Do you know what entertainment means? The word entertainment means to capture and hold someone's attention for an extended period of time. 
And so when somebody come and they say, you know, your church is kind of entertaining. I said, well, give me a high five. That's what Jesus did. He had audiences spellbound. He captured and held people's attention for extended periods of time until they were hungry and didn't have anything to eat. So he did something else to get their attention. The masses listened to him. They pressed in because of his creative communication. And we need to be creative. In our families, we need to be creative. Most of the time, we told the kids, now, Tuesday night, most of the time, unless I'm doing a funeral, you know, daddy's free. We're going to make that kids' night. We're going to do something exciting. We'll go somewhere to eat, or we'll go to some place, like different places that have kids' games and stuff like that. Every so often, Ruth would get the idea, we're going on a picnic. I hated picnics. Who wants to go out and eat with the mosquitoes and the flies and the heat? And the... But Ruth loved picnics. And one time she said, we're going to picnics. And even the kids kind of picked up on my attitude. I realized, and I said, oh, no. Ruth said, oh, no, this is going to really be good. We went to, a, they had a free zoo there in Decatur, Illinois, when our kids were growing up. We went to the zoo and ate in a zoo. They had picnic tables. She said, hey, can we bring a lunch and eat? Sure. From then on, what do our kids want to do? Hey, is it time to go eat at the zoo yet? I mean, you know, just be creative. Think of something where you can be creative in your family. It'll really help you. I had a lot of single parents. And they weren't wealthy. In fact, most of them were very poor. That's why they were in our, in our neighborhood of our church. Our church was in the poorest two miles of Porter County and square miles. And, and we had to teach them how to be creative. Even with little or no money, you can be creative with a sandwich. But see, we don't want the church to change up. We don't want, really, you know, we got all. Let me tell you one of the good things that came out of COVID. I sat out in the foyer during the first service while Ruth Ann's doing children's church because she says, I need somebody out here just in case. You never know when somebody's going to come through the door that might do something crazy. So she wants me out there, I guess, to stop the crazy person. So I watch on YouTube this church service while you're watching it in here. That's pretty neat. All of a sudden, people are watching. I've watched different churches, friends of mine, that I'm thinking, I've never heard them preach before, and now I can do it because it's right on my little Apple iPhone. It's amazing. We've gotten creative because we were forced to. Be creative in your family and your marriage and other things. Now, let me ask you this question. I think we'll put this up on the screen. Why is there no creativity? I'll tell you why. Because it's a demanding responsibility. It is. It takes effort. It takes work. Plus, the devil doesn't want it to happen. That's why we're not creative. We just want it to make life easy. But sometimes it says, no, I think maybe you ought to get creative. And so, we had our family reunion. They have a rule. No electronics, unless you want to take pictures. Somebody told me this morning, they saw me doing a backflip or something off of, I said, yeah, I was just trying to help people be creative. These kids, Richard's two kids, Pastor Richard Stacy's two kids, they're doing cartwheels off a dock into the water. And they're doing front flips, along with all the others. I said, why doesn't somebody jump off backwards? What? Backwards? I said, I'm the oldest one here. Do I have to show you how to do it? You just stand on the side like this and you put your hand up and jump in. That's all I did. Now it's on YouTube or something. I don't know what's on. There's somebody, people this morning may tell me they saw you. Just be creative. I'm just trying to be creative, trying to help them keep it interesting. But guess what? To those kids, it was really creative because too many times they just sit down and they come home from school and what do they do? 
Parents are too busy, so they just play with their thumbs on whatever they're holding, or watching on TV or the games and whatever. They just got to carve out some creative time. You really do. So here's what it says. Here's your challenge. Make a high-risk, high-yield investment. To God, how can I get creative in my life? How can I change the way this is kind of going? How can, I, how can you use me? And it might be in your family, your career, your recreational life, whatever it is. Here's another challenge. Carve out some creative time. You got to find time to do that. Now, my life was so busy that the only time I could find was first thing in the morning. So I started getting up at 4.30 in the morning and I'd go for a job. One time God used something real creative to get my attention. I smelled a skunk as I'm out in the dark jogging down the road. That got my attention. Thankfully, whatever it was, the skunk missed me, whatever he was trying to. But anyway, it was just me, and then, and then sometimes it'd be 5 o'clock. I'd try to be there right before dawn. And man, did the birds come alive and the animals come alive. I'd see deer and all kinds of animals. I sat a family of fox there one summer that at 5.30 every morning. I'd see him going across the road. If I was there at the right time, I thought, you guys must have an alarm. Mom and three little ones. They got bigger. But find a time. Well, you're away from your phone, away from everything. Just find a time. And, and, and you know what? Once you begin, you know, something that expires creative thoughts. One time I was in Starbucks. Somebody gave me a Starbucks card. I've never been to Starbucks. What do I do with a Starbucks card? So I go in there, and there's this teenager, and I said, well, here's what I want. I want coffee with some chocolate, skim milk. I don't want any whipped cream. That I'd do it. What do you call that? Oh, and I want a lot because I'm really sleepy today. I said, do you call that a venti, no whip, no something? I forget now. I already forgot because I haven't been there for a while. But she wrote it on a card so I wouldn't forget and then as she's handing it to me, she says, by the way, I love your Tuesday night youth services. My dad's the Assembly of God preacher in town, and I get to go to your church on Tuesday night and act like a regular kid. I said, really? What's your name? Next thing I know, we had a bond. Now she's married, has two kids, and lives in Missouri. But, you know, it's amazing to me. So then I go back there, and I'm, be, I'm working on my sermon and trying to put together all the stuff my team's done. And it was amazing. I started making Starbucks one afternoon a month. When I'm too sleepy, too tired to do anything else, I'd say, carve out two hours, don't have any appointments, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be at Starbucks working on my sermon. Find a time where you can get creative. Most creative thing we ever did. I was doing this uh, series of sermons where God needs to be your GPS. GPS just came out. I didn't have a clue what GPS was, so my young people explained it to me. And so I said, so, so we're talking about something modern, so you need something really old to kind of compare it to. They said, yeah. I said, I got an idea. The old man's not so bad. I said, I got an idea. I said, I was visiting this lady that just gotten out of the hospital last week, and her husband has a Model A ice cream truck out of wood. The whole thing is wood except for the engine transmission, that kind of stuff. It is just gorgeous. If we could get that through those double doors, we could put it on the platform. And someone said, man. My dad would come see that, and he hasn't been to church for years. I thought, hey, that was a pretty good idea then. So I talked to the guy. I said, we'd like to borrow your truck for eight weeks. Six weeks, maybe eight. We brought it, and it wouldn't fit under the doors. We were three inches too high. He said, now this is the guy that's not a Christian, doesn't come to church, but his wife does. He says, i tell you how you can get that in there. We'll take the wheels off. There's enough of us here. We'll just carry it on into the sanctuary, put the wheels back on. Sure enough, 
That man whose truck was on the platform, and we did have to put a sign on it, do not touch. We'd say, you can come up and look, but don't touch it. Because we knew we'd have kids jumping in and everything else. And he'd won a lot of prizes with that and all. And so anyway, because we put a truck, an old, beautiful Model A ice cream truck, up on the platform for eight weeks, our church grew by 60 people. We had over 400 visitors came just to see the truck. 60 of them found Jesus. You see, you got to be creative. And, but guess what? You got to be creative in your family. Thank God, Ruth, I had a wife that was really good at having creativity. But create some creativity time and then build. Last one is build a creative team around you. I talked to pastors who'd been pastoring a lot longer than me. I made an appointment. I go see him. I drive. I drove 100 miles or more to talk to him. I said, I need to know what you did How can I, to raise your family. Because they were all successful at doing their family. I wanted to find out. I said, Dwayne, you always, always spend time with your family. I said, if you build a church of 10,000 and lose your family, you lost. I said, you're right. So build a creative team around you that can help you. I have a small group that meets. We started small groups in our church. And, and um, in fact, Ruth and I, when I came here, I said, you know, I know people that don't not run around with a whole lot of people. So I have some older people that Ruth and I meet with from this church, about 12 of us, every other week. Summertime, it's usually once a month. But I just do it because we need help. We're getting old. Things are changing. We learn from each other. Get your hands, get, build a team. Find somebody you can deal with, you can be with. Well, creativity, it's not optional. It's foundational. You search the Bible. There's more creativity in it from beginning to end than anything else. So here's what I want you to understand. Number one, God invented it. Jesus modeled it. The Holy Spirit empowers it. And number four that I missed is people need it. Let's talk to God. Dear God, as I'm out early in the morning, man, I want to thank you for your works of art. And just this morning, as I was picking up somebody to bring them to church, I got out of my truck to look at your creativity in this beautiful yard full of flowers. Wow. I just pray that we could download those ideas that you have to help us live a life that is full and exciting and meaningful so that we can reach other people for Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, I'm going to ask Judy, to, Pastor Judy to come up. And uh, my knees are feeling my age, and she's going to take over the rest of the service. Join me, will you, in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, we thank you for inviting us here this morning. As we prepare to partake of your table, Lord, I thank you for your invitation to each and every one of us. Father, I ask that you would bless the elements of the table this morning, the bread and the cup, that through these... these um, through the symbolism and through the, the grace that is imparted in these elements, Lord, that we would see and hear and feel and know you uh, even deeper this morning. 
We thank you, Lord, for your, the redemptive work of your son on the cross and for this reminder that you give us every time we partake. And we thank you, Lord, for, um, for your invitation. For anyone who is, is in right relationship, anyone who is saying yes to you this morning, Lord, you've invited us here in this moment. For that, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. have been a sweet presence with us this morning. We thank you for your table. We thank you for this service, and we thank you for your word that you've given us this morning. We give you all the glory, honor, blessing, and praise, and pray these things in your name. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord turn his face toward you and be gracious to you. Amen.